Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality. I'm Sydney DeLorean, and I'm so excited because today I have a, a lady in the studio. <laughs> hey, for ladies. Um, I have Kat Eckerson, and she is a, um, well, she's a person and a lady, but also a fellow uh, Disney fan person. Is there a better way to say that? No, I think Disney fan person is great. Okay. There's other things that I've heard, like Disney files or some weird stuff like that, which is kind of creepy, but. It's like a little too erotic for me. Right? That's how I feel. So I'm just like, just a Disney princess fan. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Disney files, like, I can only get wet if uh, my boyfriend dresses like the beast, um, which oh. is like not good. No, that's a big yikes. Um, or as the kids say, a big oof. Is that what they say? Yeah, that's what kids are saying now. Their new like catchphrases are different and wild, and I don't understand them, but it's fine. Um, yeah, I see some on Twitter that I do not know what they mean, and I always say, I'm going to look that up on a Urban Dictionary, and then I don't. Just text me. I have a teenage sister. Well, I guess she's not a teenager anymore, but... I have some teenage siblings that definitely are in that whole entire demographic of new found kid language. Okay, I'm totally going to do that because I'm now I'm spacing on some of them. Um, and uh, I yeah, I'm going to text you and we maybe we'll do like an updates episode where you can like <laughs> explain some teen lingo to us. Perfect. Yeah. Because for a while I didn't know what extra meant. Oh, that's a good one. That was very extra of me for not knowing. <laughs> you know what it is? Is like we're at that anti-age where um, I was telling someone yesterday about how like I'm just old and out of touch. And not too long ago, I bought a vibrator for the first time in like over seven years. Uh, they don't take batteries anymore. Uh, did you know this? No. They, what are they like rechargeable now? Yeah, they have USB chargers. So, and they also don't come, the one I bought didn't come with an instruction manual. So I'm out in the parking lot and it's, it says USB charger. It has like a charger with like, um, you know, USB on one side and then like a pointy thing on the other side. And I'm trying to twist the thing to see where it opens. I'm trying, there's like a little like latex flap. I'm trying to open it, like peel it back and I peel it back and it like rips. And I then go to the company's Instagram page, which links to their website, which then has directions. And it turns out you push the thing past the like latex flap to charge it. But I, I'm i just, I'm tearing the thing apart. I broke it before I ever used it. I broke it trying to twist. Where do you put the batteries? Um, Because I am an old person and I had no idea. I mean, can you just like imagine how disturbing that would be to like walk into someone's like, house or something and connected to their laptop is their vibrator as it's like charging that's what i didn't like about it because okay i'm gonna tell you the truth i bought another one and then <laughs> a I second one just to like yeah. finally figure it out okay and i charged it and i used it and i didn't even like it that much but i'm already invested so then to recharge it it's just like it you know it's it doesn't have an, a screen on it like your iPhone that tells you the battery's getting low. It just shits on you like mid-operation. And so I was using it with my partner and it dies. And he's like, 
I so it, it turns off and he's like, Oh, did did you come? Like, did you turn it off because you came? And I'm like, No, it fucking died. It died. <laughs> and we I'm not gonna go plug it in, be like, hold on, hold that boner, let me plug in this vibrator. <laughs> uh whereas maybe if I had really been invested in it and it was battery operated, I could have just switched out the batteries. Exactly. It's a whole thing. Yikes. Kids these days. <laughs> millennials oh no they're not even millennials we're millennials they're generation z yeah or whatever next one is i don't know they apparently have 71 different pronouns and i am lobbying to make it 72 because i believe that david s pumpkins do you remember that character from snl yes i think david s pumpkins should be a gender identity if we're going that far because most people that i know and admire would fall into the gender category of David S. Pumpkins. I think if you just use it more, like, enough, it becomes a thing. So I think regardless, if you keep working at it, it'll work. Okay, there we go. It'll become a trend. All right, I'm lobbying. Hashtag. (laughs) Hashtag David S. Pumpkins is my gender identity. And I want to see people just come out of the closet and say, me too. Same. Yeah. Hashtag same. (laughs) This has been Anti Hour with Sydney and Kat. Yay. We'll teach you all the language. That's <laughs> what so you need is to. Are you in your 30s yet? No. no um, I will actually be turning 27 on August 6th, which is kind of frightening because I have a younger, a half sister who's like nine or 10. Oh, weird. Yeah. And then I think what's getting me more is the fact that my sister Mackenzie, she's actually turning 21 in December. And I just feel like my whole entire life has just flashed before my eyes and we're all getting old. Yeah. It ha- it happens to the best of us. You are a baby. You might be the youngest person to have ever been on this podcast. So I mean, that's not the first time I've ever heard someone say that I was the youngest. So I'll live with it. I'm always constantly living with the fact that I'm a baby. You are. You're going to get us the youth audience. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that. As my sister says, I'm too much of a nerd and I don't identify with younger people, but... That's what it's it's really being a nerd makes you ageless like you're always a little bit older than your friends when you're like in elementary and junior high you're kind of like you know an old lady to them because you're just sipping tea and reading or whatever and then you also don't How did get you know old. that was me as a child just that, sipping tea and reading books did you do that yeah that was me too he was my vice as a kid like I had a strong feeling towards stash tea and twinnings tea those were the only tea that i would drink and it was always irish english breakfast tea by twinnings which i don't know if they still have but they did have and that was always my go-to breakfast and then during lunch hour and everything else i had different types of teas and now I'm just a coffeeaholic, so. I love everything about that because I was a tea person when I was younger. And when my mom would take me to the grocery store each visit, I could get like one box of tea biscuits or biscotti or whatever they have in the tea, like cookie aisle. Yeah. And so I'd just like an old English lady be like, this week I'm going to get these and like have my whole ritual. But I didn't go as hard to do like English breakfast or Irish tea because those are... Those are hard. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I still drink them from time to time, but I really thought as a child that I was British and adopted. And I was very heartbroken to find out that I wasn't related to the Spice Girls, so. 
Um, okay. At some point, we're going to have to make a chart of weird girl bingo because um, the wanting to be British phase is definitely a thing. Um, there's always the fake British girl where you come back to school in the fall and you try to pretend you're British and people are like, yeah, no, we know you. You went to this school last year. I think the greatest thing for me was that I did try the British accent at a new school that I went to (gasps) and it worked for a little bit until my mom said that I was dumb and I should stop. And I was like, okay, you're fair enough. Fine. I thought people were really buying it. I thought I had a great British accent, but apparently to my mom, I don't. So we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, weird girl bingo is going to be amazing. Okay. I guess I'll tell people what this episode's about. Perfect. <laughs> okay. As my uh, fellow uh, Disney fan, we messaged about, you said something about how much you hate Belle. And I said, I have so much to unpack about this. And then we decided let's do an episode about the psychology of Disney princesses. Um, because I think I feel like they're universal. Like people know them, even if they aren't super familiar with the movie, they know who Sleeping Beauty is or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there are some people out there who are like, oh, these set young girls up for unrealistic uh, expectations or whatever and I'm I'm not super into that um no that stuff kind of bothers me as well because I feel like especially now where everyone is super intense on you know teaching young women and young girls like different values they keep hounding Disney princesses as being super toxic where I'm just like you have to remember everything was set up by different times yes so yeah, right now we wouldn't want like our kids to be like idolize Snow White. She was 14 and she blah 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 whatever, you know. Obviously we're not going to push that, but we're going to be like, "Look, this is fun and like whimsical and magical. Like enjoy." Yeah, and yeah, I think cultural relativity is a really good point which gets lost in a lot of outlawing of books and saying we're not gonna have tom sawyer in the school library anymore because it uses the n-word and you're like okay well you've lost a teaching moment there because um you know insert a bunch of tropes about uh, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it yada 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 and you're like you can learn a lot from um studying art and then learning about the time period around it which is how I basically know anything that I know is not from reading straight history. I know a lot of Greek mythology from reading the True Blood books because she was into reading about them. Hey, I learned a lot about like vampires and the rituals because of Anne Rice. So, so there we go. Like that's uh, you can. It's everything goes better with like a spoonful of sugar, and it's like don't. So, you know, let's learn. We can learn history uh, through the art that was created in that time period. Yeah. Um, All right. Do we want to get into these? I made a list like in chronological order and I found some articles online where people had armchair diagnosed the princesses. Yes. Let's dive right in because I'm super excited about this. All right. I hope you did your warm up so you don't sprain yourself with any of the stretching that these authors did to diagnose these because they are like ridiculous there's definitely a few that i've learned or like have read about from buzzfeed so i'm definitely super excited (laughs) all right um okay so snow white came out in 1937 and um the first 
one that came up on a lot of sites is people think she has narcissistic personality disorder. Um, and the disorder shows itself in symptoms like an inflated sense of importance, the need to be center of attention, taking advantage of others, unrealistic expectations about finding the perfect mate, uh, and social, it's a socially distressing reactions to things. Um, it's thought to originate during childhood when you have either parents who pamper you all the time or parents who criticize you way too much. And so she was born to royal parents, but then got a, a evil stepmother who dressed her in rags and made her clean a lot of shit. So like, I, it's just weird to be like, you can get this mental illness from like two entirely different things, right? Yeah, and if you think about, you know, Snow White, that's exactly what happens to her because she was pampered, but then also criticized from both sides of the spectrum, you know, with her evil stepmom and, of course, her loving parents. And so she wanted to be the, she was called the fairest of them all or she wanted to be? No, she was called the fairest of them all. I mean, it was more so, I mean, if you don't really... If you look at the actual, like, Disney movie, it talks about how, like, the queen and the king, they weren't able to have a kid. And so she, like, wished that she would have one and drop three drops of blood after, like, pricking herself or something. And she wanted a daughter that was white as snow, had hair black as ravens, and cheeks as red as blood or something like that, if I remember correctly. And here comes Snow White. And so every time, like, after the queen died and the king got remarried, then that's when, like, the evil stepmom was just like, I'm going to be the fairest one. I'm the most beautiful person in this whole entire kingdom. And as Snow White got older and older, you know, she became this, like, blushing, beautiful child. And she was hella jealous. Yeah. But that's, like, a thing that happens with stepmoms is they get jealous because... It's not their kids, so they don't have the same love for it. I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying in general they don't, especially yeah. if they're an evil stepmom. <laughs> and they see their man, their hubby, and he loves this other woman, and they the evil stepmom sees it now as a competition. Like Yeah, as like a threat to like that whole entire thing, because if you think about it, I mean, once a person's significant other, whether they passed away or they got a divorce they still love that person at one time so you have this other woman's child there that's taking all of your new husband's like love even though he married you yeah i mean i i dated someone who had a kid for years and it bothered me just because i didn't want to be a mom but i never was jealous of him spending time with her I was like, thank God, because I need this free time to work on my stupid fucking art project. So you go have fun with Lil Miss. It just breaks it up. Yeah. Which is why I see the value in like sister wives. I'm not saying I want to be polygamous because I certainly don't. But I'm like, think of all the free time you would have if like your husband could go like hang out with another woman and another woman's washing the shit out of his underwear and like cooking him dinner where you're <laughs> like, thank God, because like. I needed a me day. Exactly. I think all women need that, Who, have, especially if they have children, you know, have yeah. someone else to like watch the kids or whatever. But I definitely see a lot of that narcissism kind of following up with Snow White. Yeah. Because if you really think about it, she did have to be the center of the attention with these seven dwarves 
Yes. So that came up where it was like she lives with seven dudes and has to be the center. Like she doesn't see anything weird about like these seven little dudes being like worshiping her. And it's it's that fucking chick who like has all the guy friends and she doesn't jerk any of them off. She just like kind of just keeps stringing them along and they keep following her. Yeah, because she needs that for like her whole identity is based on like other people building her up or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but do you really need that much male attention? Um, Snow White did apparently because that landed her the handsome prince that she was oh so dreaming of. This is this is a good lesson to guys who they're in the friend zone and they think they can just like ride it out, right? Like eventually she'll fuck me. She'll see like I'm just waiting in the wings. Like no dude, you're dopey and she is waiting for the prince. Like I'm sorry you're dopey, but you are and she's never going to one day be like, "Oh, I fucked all the princes that there are to fuck and now I'm going to settle down with dopey." Cuz she's not. No. And you know one thing to remember if you are stuck in the friend zone is that one day you'll be someone else's prince. Bam! Boom. I love it. <laughs> um. So, okay. So that's Snow White, probably a narcissist. I see it. I, I, I can definitely see it. She might not know it, but again, she was also 14. Yeah. All, so, and all 14-year-olds are kind of narcissists. So who knows? Maybe... After marrying this 16-year-old prince, I think he was 16, I could be wrong, but after marrying him, you know, things probably weren't so great, and she was like, I still need my seven little men. Yeah, probably. I bet they could last longer in bed than a 16-year-old. Maybe, and if you think about how old they are, I mean, they were working in the mines. They were grown adults. They were grown men. (laughs) I'm so upset about this picture in my head that I'm seeing, but I love it. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a porn out there somewhere. Oh I wouldn't God. doubt it. I That's like, sometimes you ever Google something you wish you didn't Google? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember as a kid when everyone was like, oh, Google Blue Waffle. And I was like, oh, girl, I don't know what that is. Please don't Google it, but Google it. Okay, I will. I mean, I'm pretty sure Google has now saturated it with actual blue waffles, but... That would be best. Urban Dictionary that, and you'll get a pretty clear, pretty clear image. Um, I'll put that on the list for updates, and we'll do an update episode where <laughs> I can then tell you about seeing a blue waffle. Um, okay, so Cinderella came out in 1950, um... And I love Cinderella. I relate to her. She sews and her friends are tiny mice and I sew and my best friend is a tiny dog. So like, I get it. I love Cinderella. She is by far my favorite princess. I have so many Cinderella things in my apartment. Right I can now. see some of them right now. Um, I have Cinderella's carriage tattooed on my arm. Whoa. Uh, that, that one's a pretty new tattoo. Um, but I love her, and I think a lot of people misunder like misrepresent her, or they mm. just don't get like her whole entire idea, and it heats me up. But also, she's not a real princess because she married royalty. Oh, to be a real princess, you have to be born into it. That's what I think, because that's how I feel about Bella as well, which we'll get to later. But I don't think she's a real princess. And there's also um, a theory. I don't know if it's proven or not, but. If you were a princess born into royalty, you're not wearing gloves. Oh. Whereas if you are a princess that married into royalty, you're wearing gloves. So, like, 
Cinderella, Tiana, uh, Belle, I believe, also wears gloves. The opera gloves, so. Oh. It's kind of like they say you're only really Jewish if your mother's Jewish, but I will tell you this. My boyfriend, his dad's side is Jewish, and he is still Jewish enough for me to suck him off. And so that's what matters to me, where it's like, are we in the ballpark of Judaism? Are we in the ballpark of royalty? Close enough. Yeah. I mean, just like Meghan Markle and Catherine, you know, Catherine Middleton or Kate Middleton. Oh, I was like, who's Catherine? You know, Kate Middleton was never nicknamed Kate until she started hooking up with Prince William. Oh, it was it like a tabloid thing? Yep, it was a tabloid thing. It was press who built that up and made it popular. Stop it. I'm not kidding. Look it up. Man, those British tabloids, they they will dub you and, and love you. And she's ya. also not a princess. She does not become a princess ever really? in British royalty. Yeah. I don't know how these things work. I'm like, I mean, Morrissey. she is I don't Princess care. William, but that's about it. She's not like <sighs> Diana, where she was Diana, Princess of Wales, but she wasn't Princess Diana. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I this can go is... all on that. Sorry. You are an expert. <laughs> um, so Cinderella allegedly has dependent personality disorder, which is a constant need to be taken care of. And it can come from separation anxiety as a child. And this was a stretch because they said her dad left her and it was traumatizing And so now she's in this situation where even though she's abused, she doesn't leave and that makes her dependent. And she only ever leaves when there's a prince who she can then be dependent on and she won't make decisions without her animal friends. And I'm like, I don't really think it's a matter of her refusing to leave a bad situation. She doesn't have any fucking options. This isn't like modern day where you're like, I'm going to go get a job. Like, yeah. And then also think of this, like after her dad died, you know, I mean, she lost her mom. Her dad dies while he's off doing his own business to, like, keep up with his family. She is living in her home with her stepmom and her two stepsisters. So it was her home. It was her home. It was her family's home. So why would why should she have to leave her home? Yeah, like, bye, let me take my no money, because people didn't have, like, currency in the way. It's not like she had her own bank account. That's not how money worked back then. She was also a female, so they weren't just going to give her a job unless she was, you know, um, you know, a poor maiden, which she was. And she had a job, but she also had her home that she got to live in that reminded her of her family constantly. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really think she has a dependent personality at all. I, I think she's just doing what is her only option at the time. Yeah, I think... I don't think it's dependency. I think it's more so that she allowed herself to be walked all over. Okay. You know, it was more so of like not being naive, but maybe a little bit more of that because she still held on to that hope that maybe this woman would treat her as like one of her own. Which, I mean, I get it because, okay, you don't have any options. You have to live in a house with this fucking coos bag and your gross stepsisters but they if you don't have any options for anywhere else to go are you really going to argue every day and cause conflict over every little thing or you just go this is my life i need to accept it cuz at a certain point you just have to like i think so too you know i think it's definitely something that she probably just had to accept and was like you know what i still get to live in my home yeah i'm treated like shit but hey i have food i have a roof over my head 
and I'm not a poor beggar on the street. Yeah, that's my whole approach to work. Like, bosses love me because I'm relatively passive. And for me, it's just like, okay, I don't really love my job right now, but it is giving me, I'm not homeless. It's, I, and I'm not hungry. And so am I really going to argue over a schedule change or like, just like little nitpicky things where it's like, honestly, tell me what time to show up. I show up and I'll do the thing and you give me money. Cool. Because the until I get another job, this is my option. Yeah. And I'm not going to make it a, a battle zone every day. And exactly. be like, yeah, like, I, it just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah. So, And I think she did what she had to do. And she was okay with it, in my opinion. I feel like she was okay with what she was doing. And when it came to meeting the prince, I don't think she really cared about meeting the prince. She just wanted a day off where she could dress pretty and have fun, get drunk dance a little bit and then go home back to her miserable life but she never complained yeah and she didn't yeah she didn't go there seeking a man and it's like she happened to meet one and was like okay cool if anything the prince has the codependency issues because he fucking saw this girl thought he was thought she was beautiful and was like you know what you're the one yeah he kind of had like an obsessive situation yeah he searched the entire kingdom looking for this woman well yeah that gave us unrealistic expectations. That gave us very unrealistic like, expectations. Oh, men will work to get a woman? And it turns out, like, that's if you date anyone under 40, that's not really true. No. Um, they won't even change out of their basketball shorts to, like, go meet you somewhere. They're just like, come over. And you're like, this is just so you don't have to put shoes on, huh? Um, but, you know. Uh, so we like her, and we don't think she has any mental illness. I don't think she has any mental illness. I think she was just super naive and really just wanted a place that was hers yeah so we like her she's good um aurora 1959 sleeping beauty came out um and so this is really interesting is she apparently had klein levin syndrome which is a medical condition that was then named after the myth and it's known as Sleeping Beauty Syndrome, and it's a rare sleep disorder uh, characterized by persistent episodic hypersomnia and cognitive or mood changes. So it's funny that, like, I, I don't know if this disorder was named after the movie came out but it, or just in line with, because it was a story yeah. before, Di- and all of these are were stories before Disney did them, but we're talking about the Disney version because, uh, you know. They're more popular. Yeah. Everyone knows the Disney version. They never know the Roger and Hammerstein version, which Cinderella was also based off of Roger and Hammerstein. Really? Not the original Cinderella by the Grimm Brothers. Stop it. Yeah. Because, and then Into the Woods by, uh, what's his name? Stephen? Sondheim? Yeah. His is kind of more so based off of, like, the original, like, Grimm's Brothers version where... (sighs) the stepsisters cut the back of their heel and their toe off and that because they kind of that version of Cinderella kind of led more towards Cinderella being a witch because she could speak to animals or call on animals and that kind of stuff so but not very many people know that I didn't know that I haven't seen into the woods or I don't know anything about it listening to the soundtrack is really great um the original, the actual Broadway is a lot more adult. 
Ooh. We're at and in the actual like Disney remake with James Corden, Emily Blunt, and so forth. Um, the one thing that everyone was a little bit more up in arms about was Johnny Depp as the wolf because his song kind of leans a little bit more towards like pedophilia. Oh, he's a lot of bad things, but I don't think he's a pedophile. Yeah. So. But I mean, the song itself kind of oh. alludes to it, which kind of still made its way into the movie. But yeah, you know, not very many people know the original like origins of like these ones because they're a little they're a lot darker. And yeah. Disney is definitely very like, your dreams will come true. Like, let's have fun. Here's a magical unicorn trotting across a rainbow type thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because a lot of the source material is super dark and like uh, savage. Very bleak. Um, but so Aurora probably has Klein-Levin syndrome. She probably does. Um, some, another site said she had major depressive disorder and I was like, listen, I've been sad enough to like sleep a lot, but I get up for food and water. Uh, and I don't think she did that when she was having like her, her big sleep. I don't know, but she was also kind of, she was cursed. Her dad, I feel, well, her parents were kind of very overprotective in the sense that like, here's the switch cursing our child. Let's send her away. Before she even gets to know who we are. So Aurora lives with three fairies who are just, you know, here just kind of confusing her. So I wouldn't blame her for having some sort of weird illness. Yeah. I mean, I wish I lived with three fairies. And by that, I mean gay men. (laughs) Hashtag, is it okay to use that word still? Um, I don't know. Uh, Okay. So then we have like a lull and then we come to the Disney Renaissance and we have Ariel uh, from The Little Mermaid, which came out in 1989. Uh, I like this one. Um, she's not afraid to show off her body. Um, she It's very tropical and beachy, which is very much. And I feel like she was actually very clever because she seeked out knowledge mm-hmm. about the world, about that walked on land she uh, we won't talk about moana because she's not a princess but this reminds me a little bit about moana where like you live in a culture and everyone's like this is how your life is Mm -hmm. and you're like it just doesn't fit i kind of think i want something different and that was ariel's deal where she's like i get it i get it we're mermaids but I'm obsessed with the human world and I love getting like little trinkets from it. And I kind of want to be part of it instead of just like a collector of it. Yeah. Um, which so uh, every site said she has disposophobia, which is hoarding because um, she has her treasure collection. But it's not like you can't walk through her front door because there's piles of newspapers. She has like a collection of shit. From Could a faraway land. Like of an obsessive type because she was very clean and she knew everything and she knew where all of her little treasure troves were at. Yeah. It just, as someone who m- maybe has a dream of working at Disneyland and goes there often, and I have a collection of things that's like an organized collection of things from the world that I want to be a part of. Exactly. That doesn't quite seem like. Yeah, you're a human, so a fork 
why would you keep a broken ass fork? But she's not a human, so it's fascinating to her. Um, exactly. Her dingle hopper. She didn't know what it was. <laughs> she got all of her information from a psycho seagull. Yeah. Is that what he was? Yeah, he was a seagull. He, yeah. And I, I feel like he maybe had a bit of a drinking problem. A bit? He was just like, oh, I can't, I can't do his voice. But he was like that good time guy who's always kind of in Friday night mode. Yeah, he's definitely that kind of guy that's like, oh, let's party. I know you're working right now, but let's go have happy hour. <laughs> that's yeah. who Scuttle was. All right. Scuttle was definitely very, let's just fucking do it. Oh, you want to know what that is? That's called a do hopper. There you go. Now let's go get some more beer. <laughs> Let's go drink some more mead. But I don't think she, I don't think it's that she had a hoarding issue. I feel like she had more so of a love at first sight and marry the first guy that shows you any sort of attention. Yeah, which, okay, girl, we're going to unpack that. So one site said she might have obsessive compulsive personality disorder because she did just see him once and then became obsessed with him and gave up her voice for the opportunity just to meet him. Um, and then apparently those with obsessive compulsive personality disorder are often content being silent and stiff in social situations because they're afraid they'll say the wrong thing. Um, so, okay, I see you. It is weird. I feel like... Maybe more than OCD, it's just like being thirsty. Well, I was going to throw it out to what 16-year-old, I guess now it's like 12-year-old, wasn't obsessed with Harry Styles of One Direction mm -hmm. and would literally do anything for him to look in her direction. Yeah. Because I would do the same thing. I have a poster of Niall Horn from One Direction up on my wall. I'd do anything for him to look at me. But then again, they say don't meet your heroes. So Yeah. There are people in my life where I just, I couldn't handle meeting them because it, there's no way that I would be good at it. And I would just, um, I everyone knows I'm obsessed with Mark Maron. Um, he knows I exist. I used to write him and send him pictures of my butt. I wrote a song about him. New Times wrote about it. He favorited the tweet. So, like, I know that he knows I exist. He never But if you came face to face with him, would you lose your voice? Yeah, because I can't went to see one of his stand-up shows here. And before the show, he was, like, honestly 20 feet away from me, like, surveying the audience. And I didn't go up and say hi. And part of it was, like, I cannot handle meeting him. Also, I had just had LASIK and my eyes were all bloodshot and gross. So, not my best. Um, also I know he's a germaphobe and what am I going to say? Oh my God, I'm so excited to meet you. Don't worry. This isn't contagious. It was LASIK. Um, so, uh, you were really meaningful to my sobriety. Like that's not, it's just, I just, we don't need to meet. It would be cause uh, yeah, when, when all you can do is gush at someone at how like that's weird. So I feel like Ursula did Ariel a favor. Yeah. By shutting her up because I think Ursula knew that this dumb 16-year-old broad would go up to this 18-year-old prince and be like, fuck me now. And he'd be like, whoa, we just met. How about we have like three days of dates and see where it goes? <laughs> um, you're right. She probably, people who the, this sort of, uh, 
internet feminists will say it teaches a bad lesson that um you have to lose your voice um or be silent for men to like you and i'm like first of all that wasn't my takeaway from that movie at all even as a child um and secondly for me i feel like anyone who likes you likes you for who you are and i have dated people like gone on dates with someone who I intensely like so much that I'm like scared to say anything and I maybe am a little bit um too passive or quiet and those guys didn't like me because they're like I want a date I want to date a woman with an opinion and like you know not like oh wherever you want to go whatever movie you want to see whatever you want those guys actually like guys didn't like that that fake version of me no one likes that person so like I don't I don't feel like that's a lesson that movie's teaching. I kind of felt like it was more so of teaching girls to be yourself mm-hmm. because if a guy is interested in you, he's interested in how your personality is and not the superficial parts of like, oh, does she have a cute voice? Is she, you know, funny? Can does she have a great bod? I mean, granted, Errol did have a great bod, but <laughs> She was a mermaid, so... I would have liked it if she got legs, but instead of, like, her fine, smooth, like, stick legs, she got my legs, which I have some cellulite issues. I've always had legs of a woman, like, 30 years older than me. And if she's like, I just want legs so bad, and then she gets just two cottage cheese sticks, and she's like, God damn it. God damn it. Damn it. I wish I had a personality. I wish I could talk now. I got to tell jokes to make up for this. <laughs> I feel like she would have found a way around that anyways. I mean, Scuttle did dress her in a freaking broken tarp or a something. Oh, yeah. And then and he liked that. He was like, he was very interested. He was like, oh, OK, you can literally wear a trash bag and you still look fine as fuck. That's true. And then he maybe had like a little bit of um a caretaker thing because he's like, let me take you back to my place and like. Yeah. Put you together. Kind of like grooming her, but... Listen, I... Honestly... But isn't that what Pretty Women... Or Pretty Woman did? Yeah. You know? I would love it. I would fucking love it if my boyfriend tried to groom me. I would love it if he got me enough plastic surgery that I looked like a whole other person. I just am really unlucky in that he likes me just as I am. Yeah. Uh, and that's unfortunate. I mean, uh, it's not unfortunate. No, it's kind of lucky, but at the same time, you kind of wish that maybe you found yourself a man that would like pick you up off the street and be like, let's go buy you a $12,000 Tiffany's necklace and maybe a $50,000 like custom made Givenchy dress. I don't mean, I mean, <laughs> I mainly just want a lot of Botox because um, I used to get it for free from a friend in exchange for like managing her office when she would have patients like you mix up and activate the Botox and whatever was left over I would get it and I loved it because it was the first time in my life that people didn't think I was stoned all the time um, because it lifted my brow enough that I didn't look sleepy and um, it gave me a space to put makeup uh, because my eyebrows weren't sitting on my eyelashes and it was just great and then she did my top lip so my lip turned out and I kind of had like a little sneer and it was great I fucking loved my face for the first time in my life um but I'm not that I don't do that anymore and I'm trying to become debt-free so like Botox isn't happening um but yeah if if some dude were like listen you're great but like let me take you to see uh 
this doctor and we'll just, you know, we'll shush. I'd be like, thank you. Can I get a pedicure too while we're at it? And be like, yeah, you got it. Anything you want. Can I get some panties that aren't held together by like hopes and prayers? Um, I feel like if anything, the Little Mermaid kind of gave me an unrealistic expectation of finding a rich dude that would like pamper me to no end. Yeah. Because like there was one dude who did that. His name was Hugh Hefner and he had you know, uh, unlimited cosmetic uh, budgets for his girls and they had a wardrobe budget. Like it all was charged to him. It wasn't part of their allowance that he, which they also got allowance. But um, yeah, he was like, oh yeah, go to the salon. Like there's an account that it just gets charged to. And uh, that man is dead now. So I feel like that might've been. R.I.P. Hugh. Yeah. That might've been the last of the, the great daddies. He was the OG daddy. He was, um, which a lot of people have a problem with him. Um, I'm a big fan. I don't know. I think he was pretty smart in the sense that he built this like complete empire that was very taboo. And now everyone wants to be on the cover or be a centerfold on in Playboy. So, yeah, I just I yeah, I've read every book by anyone ever associated with it. I consider myself to be the poor man's Holly Madison. It's just like. A thing like I want to be her when I grow up, but we're the same age, so I don't know. Um, I'm a late bloomer. Uh, okay, <laughs> we all saw the house bunny. You still have time. That's right. There we go. <laughs> um, all right, so we've come to Beauty and the Beast, 1991. Oh. Miss Bell. I have so many issues with Bell. So many issues, and a lot of people think that this is something my issues were stemmed. And were told to me, but as a child, I was born in 92. So when this movie came out, I was what, like seven? No. No, it came, this came out in 1991. Oh, okay. So I lied. Sorry, guys. I was thinking of something completely different. Um, yeah, so when it came out in 91, I watched it probably for the first time when I was about seven or ten. Somewhere in that range? Somewhere in that range. Because I know there was also a Christmas movie oh, that came out. Yes. And maybe that's where I'm confusing it. Uh, but I have a lot of issues with Belle. And I'll let you give me the diagnosis that they've given her. Okay. So Belle, weird bookish girl, lives in a village. She wants more. This is a common theme. The hot guy from the village wants her so bad. He doesn't want any of the other bitches, but she's like, no, thank you. Yeah, you're super hot and buff, but you're also dumb. And I like books. And she ends up getting kidnapped by this beast. And it's a whole deal. And she eventually falls in love with him. So, of course, uh, she has been diagnosed with Stockholm Syndrome because... He's kind of mean to her. He's like, he's just crass and gross and aggressive. And then after spending months living in his castle, she sees him, I don't know, feed a bird. And then she's like, there's something there. Like, and he's then we- so warm and gentle. And he's definitely got like this kind exterior. Yeah. Meanwhile, I've seen him be shitty to like everyone in his life, but he was nice to that bird. And then she tries to escape and she ends up getting like caught in a pack of wolves and he rescues her. So then she's like, okay, he does care about me. And it's just so, it's so problematic. And I say this as someone who like that used to be my relationship dynamic where I would pick someone who was like a deeply, deeply flawed person who was not 
very great at being nice and I would see little threads of a good person in there and I would use those little threads of a good person to justify everything they did that was shitty and I'm like I see you girl but like it's not great and and she is also young so we can write we can say she's young and naive and whatever but yeah I feel like she's probably one of the older of the princesses was she like 18 i i think so i could be wrong you know the the lovely listeners could definitely correct me but um i feel like she was one of the older ones because you know i mean her dad was also kind of a little bit crazy he was a mad scientist and she was very bookish Mm -hmm. and of course in that time period you know if you read books you were going to be a spinster for the rest of your life yeah and and to have this charming he wasn't nice either you know the town hunk like he was definitely very crass and very rude and he wanted to possess her and be like I'll make you my wife we'll have all these babies and she's like I'm so not interested in that life because I like don't want to be here in this like shitty town and we're just going to be like the hottest people in this shitty town and we don't even like each other but we're supposed to be together because we're both good looking she's not into that yeah and i just i don't know i feel like from the very beginning she was set up for failure you know for the fact that like yeah her dad was the mad scientist she was very bookish but also like she really didn't have great taste in men to begin with you know I mean, did she, was she attracted to anyone? I don't think she was. I feel like she may have been like maybe more asexual in the sense because she didn't care about anyone else like thinking of her. But with her only two men that she did find or that she was associated with, they're both shit. Yeah. She liked her romance story. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. Like she, cause she was reading in it a, a romance novel and was like, Oh, it's so romantic. And sometimes when you have these really unrealistic relationship expectations, when you do get into a relationship, it's just like the shittier one. It's like the shittiest because like you're not like realistic. Like this is what I can expect out of a partner. You're just like, Oh, well, if I can't have the best, um, I'll date this trash bag. And uh we've I've been there. I've I've been there. Where I've I'm like, there. listen, this is the ideal. Until then, I'll settle for this trash heap who theoretically won't break my heart because I know that they're trash. Um, but then you spend enough time with them and you end up catching feelings and it's all fucked up. Um It sets her up for a very abusive relationship. I mean, in this kind of setting now like if you compare beauty and the beast to let's say 50 shades of gray it's ideally the same exact story you're right it's the same exact story you have this naive girl who's very bookish very kind of plain but still really pretty Mm -hmm. and she spends all this time being told by a very shitty person like oh if you don't do this then this won't happen and then she's just like oh okay so like let me do it this way you know, and then all of a sudden she has this very attractive, you know, rough around the edges dude who's like, I'm going to save you. Let's get hitched type thing. Yeah. Because I feel like that's what the beast essentially is. But I also thought it promoted bestiality when I was a child. So that is true because she did find him attractive. 
having never seen him in his human form. Yeah, she kind of fell in love with an animal, but I had someone else tell me, how is that any different than Tiana falling in love with a frog? And I was like... She saw him as a person first, though, I think. Yeah, she saw him as a as a human and before then, he was cursed, so... So she knew, yeah, she knew he was a human inside. Belle had no idea what this what guy he was. was. Yeah, so... Just knew from the talking teapots and the dancing around candelabra and this freaking grandfather clock that he was a human who was cursed because he was greedy. And maybe she thought like, okay, I'm in this shitty town I don't really like. And the only option I have, which is I'm told the best option is Gaston and I'm repulsed by him. And so then she just swung in a totally opposite direction and was like, if the best man available, what I'm being told is the best man available disgusts me. Maybe men aren't for me. Um, I, you know, it's like if you are a teenager and you have like a lot of disappointing sexual experiences with men, you're like, well, maybe I'm a lesbian because I've had sex with men and it was not good. Um, and it's not, yeah. You're like, well, that's choosing the opposite of what you don't like. Doesn't, it's not, that doesn't mean that's what you're into, but that's what Belle did. She's like, listen, the best man in the world, not for me. So let's try this beast. Let's try and, make save this person save this guy and i feel like some codependency issues yeah i feel like bell took it into her hands after she was like done fighting you know to get out of this like shithole of a relationship with this beast that was held like holding her captive i feel like it she made it her mission to rescue him yeah and i feel like a lot of girls and women, they think that they can rescue and, like, save their partner, which I'm like, that's definitely not how this world works, and it's not how relationships should work. But then again, who am I to talk since I haven't been in a relationship in a long time? I mean, that. <laughs> but for people who aren't in relationships, they often understand them better because they have an outside perspective. Um, when I got out of an abusive relationship... I was single for almost four years because I just was like, I need to get myself together and like get a healthy understanding of like what it is I want from a relationship before jumping back into one. Yeah. Um, Because yeah, otherwise like you will just keep being shaped by the relationship rather than forming yourself and then, you know, being in one. Um, When people have been with the same person, like since they were 20, I just can't. I'm like, don't tell me shit about anything dude like you've you you work the same job you got when you turned 20 you're with the same man you got you don't know what it's like out there you don't know you yeah because know? uh, yeah um so yeah i think she has some codependency issues and i think also part of it is there's a certain type of woman who likes men that are kind of scary like the women who date like um MMA guys or whatever who are like dangerous yeah um and it's like I'll see like a 120 pound woman and she's dating a 200 pound like ripped dude with an anger problem that can snap her with one hand yeah and it's like that's like when uh it's always white people that want to own exotic animals and it's like why do you want something in your home that has the potential and also the instincts to kill you 
And it's like that. I feel like it must be that level of danger excites them. For me, I'm uncomfortable being around someone with like a temper or anger problems or aggression. Like I just, I'm too soft for any of that shit. Um, and so, yeah, when I, when I see like tiny women with a guy who's like, just, he's just, he's almost like a, you can see in his brain, it's like a tiger pacing a cage. He's like waiting for someone to step to him to get in a fight or whatever. I'm like, Ooh, girl, does the, does the danger do it for you? Like that lady who got mauled by the Jaguar at the Phoenix Zoo. Oh yeah. Recently, uh, that happened. Um, and she survived. Uh, well, they told they were already telling in the news stories that it was non-life-threatening injuries, but she was also the woman who walked up thinking she could get a selfie. Jeez. And I feel like in the end, that's what Belle did. She walked up into the Jaguar's den attempting to get a selfie, and it worked out for her, I guess, because he turned out to be this very antiquated prince who was cursed for being a shitty person. Yeah, but she's going to fix him, so I'm sure they lived happily ever after. Oh, I'm pretty sure she was able to fix him completely. I mean, she got him back to being human. People totally change, um, and you can you can change them. Uh, so Jasmine from Aladdin, which came out in 1992, I don't remember this movie super well. I haven't seen it since I was young. I didn't remember anything odd about her behavior, but uh, the internet seems to think that she might have bipolar disorder, which when you're manic can cause impulsivity. Um, and then when you're depressed, like she apparently she spends a lot of time crying in the movie. Um, and uh, other people say she has social anxiety because her only friend is a tiger. I could probably see the social anxiety, but she was also very one to sneak out of her dad's palace and kind of roam with the the poor folk quote yeah. unquote um she's but, just that rich girl who's got like a she's a curiosity about how other people live yeah i kind of feel like she was more so wanting to live the simple life versus being this princess who had to follow the rules of the man yeah, that sucks. She and got her exact- a bad boy. Yeah. Well, he kind of lied to her, so I could see where maybe she has, like, trust issues, but... Yeah, that'll I mean- happen. But, yeah, she just didn't want to do the stuffy rich scene and, like, got, like, a normal dude and was like, can we have a normal life? And then he was like, dude, it's super cool being poor. You have a magic carpet. I don't think that's how the narrative went. No, it was more so like, hey, here I am, this poor dude, but I'm going to pretend that I'm rich so uh, I can so I can bang you. Yeah. And we'll ride around on this magic carpet. But uh, let me just tell you that it ain't real. I ain't really packing what I said I had. That's true for a lot of men. <laughs> um, OK, Pocahontas came out in 1995. Are you familiar with this movie? I loved Pocahontas as a kid and my mom will tell anyone who brings up Pocahontas that I used to call her Poca your anus yes love it because you know as a child you don't really know how to say words you're still learning that shit yeah when I I was wait it came out in 95 right yeah so I was three when it came out yeah so I also said spaghetti as pischetti, so... Hey, it happens. When I played Oregon Trail, I thought diphtheria was diarrhea. And every time someone in my um, wagon train died of diphtheria, I'd be like, they died of diarrhea! Um, so, yeah. 
So apparently she has histrionic personality disorder, which is a constant need to be noticed, act dramatically or inappropriately to get attention. Um, and people with it usually have great social skills. Uh, they manipulate people in order to get what they want and they feel the need to stir things up out of boredom. I fucking hate those people. Um, and they, it's just excessive attention seeking. Um, and it usually begins in early adulthood. Uh, and often they're like inappropriately sexual to get attention. The Disney Pocahontas, I would say without a doubt. Yeah, that kind of really lines up. Because she was a freaking thrill seeker and was doing shit that her chief dad did not want her doing. She was also lined up to marry, you know, the potential new chief. Okay. Uh, Cocoa. And then she found this shiny white guy who came off of this, like, giant boat and was like, yo, let me tell you how everything works here. You can't just own land. Let's live this life together. You as a white person, me as this native princess. And... We'll do things up my way. She just, she told that to him? Not necessarily, but that's how I took it. Oh, so she kind of was assertive being like, listen, let me tell you, you're on my turf now, dude. I mean, think of Colors of the Wind. She tells him, like, you can't own land that you, I mean, you can't own land. It's land. It's earth. Like, but she also really did stir things up with the fact that, you know, she was hanging around this guy that she wasn't supposed to be hanging out with. And she also nearly got him killed and was, like, very dramatic about, like, you can't do this. I love him type thing. Oh. But he still ends up going away because a lot of shit happens. Did they not end up together at the end of that movie? No. They didn't? No. Oh, they just had an affair. Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah. And then does she end up with the other guy or not? They don't say anyone. No, Coco M ends up dying. Stop it. Yeah. I haven't seen Pocahontas. I was trying to fake like I have, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, no, he ends up dying. I haven't seen it in a while, but I also remember that they had a second part because it kind of followed a little bit more on the historic side versus the The fake side. Yeah, because Pocahontas, although she was a real person, she just kind of helped John Smith out, but there was never no any real life, you know, love story between them. But she did end up going to England, getting an English education and becoming a proper non-savage woman. But she does marry a John, but it's not John Smith. Oh, okay. And that's kind of what the second movie follows. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, they. I mean, this is the thing movies do where they're like, a man and a woman had a relationship, so let's make it romantic. Yeah. Um. But I kind of, I feel like that... That diagnosis kind of really does fit Pocahontas because she was a young girl. She was kind of a huge thrill seeker. She did stir up the pot quite a bit if you go and like watch the films. And then, yeah, no, I just, I feel like it really does nail it on the head. But I still do love her. Okay. Because she is a Native American princess and. And so are you. Are you Native American? No, I'm Hispanic. I thought so, but then I just wanted to like. I wish I was Native American. A lot of people think I am. They also think I'm Pacific Islander, but no, I'm just Irish, French, Canadian, and Hispanic. I'm 
just white to the point where I have to get a tan. Uh, so I show up in photographs. Um, <laughs> that's the level of white that I'm at. Uh, well, there is, there's now, there's Elena of Avalar, the TV show. Yeah, she's but Hispanic. she's Spaniard. Oh, she is? Yeah. I also haven't seen that. I haven't seen it either. Okay. So but she's Spanish. She, yeah, she's Spanish. But she's also just a TV princess. So once it becomes an actual movie that everyone goes and watches, then maybe it'll be real life. But then we can talk about it. Yeah. I don't know. They should just Just use- like Princess Sophia. Princess Sophia is just a TV show as well. I feel like they could use like any sort of Latin American folklore to come up with a princess because I'm sure there's a lot of really good stories. Oh, yeah. I think the closest that they maybe that maybe it wasn't even Disney. I think it was maybe DreamWorks, but uh, the road to El Dorado. Oh, uh huh. You know, they go to. Um, I think it was the Aztecs. OK. Which is you know, said to be in Mexico, parts of Mexico and Central America and the Mayans type thing. So, so get it together. Probably the closest that I ever got, but DreamWorks is doing it. So should you, I can't remember if it is DreamWorks or if it's Disney. I think it's DreamWorks. I think it's DreamWorks as well, but well, Disney, get it together. I'm sure they're working on it. Um, they're doing, they're, they're, they're trying to do be more inclusive. Yeah. Um, okay, so Mulan, 1998. Uh, apparently she has, I'm going to say this wrong, atelophobia, which is the fear of not being good enough. And it's an anxiety disorder in which someone feels like everything they do is wrong and they'll set a drastic goal in order to achieve some kind of unrealistic result. And then when the expectations aren't met, they feel really bad about themselves and um, because of these feelings of inadequacy, they uh, often feel like an outcast in society. So Mulan was like, my family doesn't like me, so I'm going to go be a warrior, which is like kind of an unrealistic goal. Well, no, not necessarily. Mulan was the only child. She was a female in a predominantly male-run society. I mean... China, ancient China was like a man is what a woman needs yeah. to be successful. And if you're not a male, then, you know, there was a male hierarchy, but she didn't feel like she really needed a man in her life. And when shit went, you know, upside down with the Huns and the fact that there was a war arising and they needed every single male from each family to go fight this war all they had what all she had was her dad who was also crippled oh so i also haven't seen this movie you know um it was more so of her like asserting the fact that even though she is a woman she can do a man's job and okay she proved that shit for sure so that's it's kind of a feminist statement yeah it's definitely a feminist statement in my opinion i think she was probably one of like the original first like strong don't need no man type thing because they tried marrying her off in the beginning half of the movie and she wasn't really a for it okay so she probably no mental illness we're okay with her well no i think what you described is very true because she was kind of forced to be told that she wasn't good at anything because of the fact that she is female Mm -hmm. whereas you know she proved that Well, she did set unrealistic expectations for herself of joining this war that was just for men. (laughs) 
Yeah, I just I love And she was criticized more. because they were like, "Oh, well, because of your behavior, you're never going to get married." So, I think it fits her, but in a more girl power type thing okay because she proved that what she was doing was actually worth it so that's yeah it's more like she's just being defiant in like a positive way yeah um okay here's my girl tiana princess and the frog 2009 i love her so hard she works two waitress jobs and is like i don't need a man i'm just trying to get my business together um i work two waitress jobs and i'm like I don't need a man. I'm just trying to get my podcast uh, empire going. Um, and then she happens to find a man. I really like Tiana. Aside from her being the first black Disney princess, I feel like she showed a lot of the core values that especially colored women do go through. You know, being told that they can't do certain things and having to work extra hard to get to what they want. And she also wasn't looking for a man. Yeah, I just, I, she's, she's my favorite. I relate to her so hard. I tear up when I see her at Disneyland. Um, I've never met her. Um, and maybe one day I'll be brave enough to, but I often in my life think, so in the movie, her best friend, Lottie, because she grew up, her mom, Tiana's mom was like the dressmaker servant to this white family. And who was also very rich. Who was very rich. And they had a little girl Tiana's age. So they kind of grew up together and they stayed best friends. And Lottie is just, she's a fucking, she's kind of a mess. She's kind of man crazy. She's kind of a crybaby. She's kind of a narcissist. And so sometimes in life, I like to think to myself, are you being a Lottie right now? Or are you being a Tiana? Because maybe you're being a little too much like a Lottie and you need to pull it together, girl, and get back to work and stop being a fucking crybaby. Um... It is a dialogue that I have in my brain. Um, I don't think she has... Someone said she has like zoophilia, like bestiality or whatever, but we already discussed. She doesn't have that. I don't think she does. I think, especially in the movie, she does what she can to survive. And it just so happens that the prince that she met in human form that was definitely digging her, mm-hmm. that along their journey as frogs, they became... Because they were frogs... They were both frogs. It wasn't bestiality. They just became very acquainted and they were living. They were like, you know what? If we can't get out of this mess, we'll live out our days as frogs and we'll be married and happy. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I And then, you know, spoiler alert, it turns out when they get married because he's a prince, it makes her a princess. And then the kiss of the princess turns him back into human and they're both human again. But I think it's a pretty, the only problem I have is like, he's kind of a fuck boy. He's like a playboy musician that his parents send to the United States to find a bride. Like, and he's had all these women, they commented on, comment on it all the time. He's had all these women and I just hate that type of guy. And it's like, do you really think you're going to settle him down and change him? Which I guess some of them do settle down and change at some point. I just kind of feel like. Once a fuckboy, always a fuckboy. But I then feel he like seems to love her. Prince Naveen, it was that was the only thing he knew because it was just something that everyone always gassed him up about. That's also a new child term. Gassing oh, up. Oh yes. Just means hyping up, like riling him up. You know, it's like any fuckboy with his fuckboy friends. You yes. Know? It 
lifts them up but he kind of like fell in love with this like outcast nerdy girl who was like i'm gonna do my shit and i'm gonna get ready and he was like that's kind of what i want i want that stability because at the end what does he end up doing he ends up working at the restaurant that her dad dreamed of having well he needed a strong black woman in his life. No, he definitely needed a strong black woman in his life. And then it, I always say it says a lot about a man's character when he is in a relationship with a strong black woman. So on the like, there's the ranking of the white guy who only dates Asians. Like, fuck that guy. Those guys suck. Um, but if I ever see a white guy with a black woman, I'm like, that is a, a confident man who's comfortable around a powerful woman. I know that not all... Like it's, I don't want to like be guilty of like positive, positive or like stereotyping being like all black women are just strong black women queens. But I think there is a cultural stereotype that a lot of white men are afraid of and they're afraid of black women. So when I see a white man in a relationship with a black woman, I assume that he is comfortable with powerful women. And when I see a white man in a relationship with an Asian woman, I sometimes assume that he is kind of a wiener and he wants a more passive woman. And I, I don't know if that is politically correct for me to say any of it. I do know that one of my Asian friends who is married to a white man said she does not trust any white man married to an Asian other than her own husband. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, her husband gets a pass because she knows him, but she's like, I've seen a lot and most of them kind of suck. I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> um, all right. Rapunzel in 2010 uh people say she has stockholm syndrome because she gets kidnapped by this uh woman and like kept in a tower and like treated like shit because the woman just wants her hair but then she's like sad when when the lady dies um and so they say she is but it's like this woman raised her even if she was abusive it was it was an abusive mother i kind of tie it back to the story that just recently like came to light where this lady kidnapped an infant from the hospital and the real mom ended up they ended up finding her and the daughter was now like 18 years old 18 19 years old and she was like well you may be my biological mom but this woman raised me Uh and this is the woman who I know to be my mom and I love her so I kind of get where Rapunzel is coming from in the sense of like the Stockholm syndrome and the fact that she does has like have this kind of sentimental moment with Mother Gothel. That's her name. Okay. I, I, I have it in writing. I didn't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Mother Gothel. Um, but I feel like anyone would feel that way, you know? Well, yeah, just because your parents are fucked up doesn't mean they're not your parents. Exactly. And so like even if they were kind of shitty – you're still going to be sad when they die and you still love and care about them, even if like they suck and maybe shouldn't have had children. Yeah. Like, so, so I think that's the situation. For Rapunzel, all she knew was Mother Gothel until she finally got out on her 18th birthday. Whoop, whoop. She didn't care about no man. It just happened again on her journey that she was like, he's really sweet and he's really kind and He's going to do whatever he can to make my dreams come true because that's essentially what Flynn Rider, a.k.a. Eugene Fitzherbert, did for her. Um, by the way, I really want to do a follow up episode down the line <laughs> about the princes in these stories because um, I am also fascinated by their psychology. 
Um, so Rapunzel, I don't, yeah, I don't really think she has anything wrong with her. I don't think she has any sort of, like, Stockholm Syndrome type thing, realistically. I think it's just more so she was held captive without realizing it. Yeah, which, yeah, she has a pretty healthy adjustment level based on, like, what happened to her. Yeah. Um, My only thing is, is that I want to know how she knows that the floating lanterns happen every year on her birthday. Oh, because she was never let out? Well, she could see them from her tower, but she didn't know what her birthday was because she was kidnapped as a baby. So was this some sort of way that, like, Mother Gothel, like, knew, like, hey, this is your birthday and these are why the lights come just to kind of, like, help, you know, young Rapunzel just adjust to like what's going on or if mother gothel knew eventually that shit would click with her um maybe it's like when you do you adopt a rescue dog and you don't know when its birthday was so you just give it the birthday of whatever holiday was closest um and then you can keep track of its age i think that might be it um right I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I tell everyone that Bellatrix is, her birthday's on St. Patrick's Day, but I didn't adopt her on St. Patrick's Day. I adopted her five days after my birthday. Oh, but you just. But that was just what was on it. her paperwork was that she was born on or around St. Patrick's Day in like 2000 something. So close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So Rapunzel, she's fine. Uh, Merida from 2012's Brave, uh, people, okay, in case you haven't seen Brave, which not enough people have seen, so this, uh, this girl is supposed to marry a prince, and then she's like, okay, so there's, uh, an archery competition, and whoever wins it, I have to marry, so she enters it herself to win her freedom, um, she has some issues with her mother, that's kind of, I think, one of the cruxes of this movie, um and it's a really good movie i really enjoyed it a lot and she accidentally turns her brothers into little bears i think if i remember correctly yeah and her mom and her mom turns into a big bear and it's super cute um and she realizes after her mom gets turned into a bear how much she loves her mom and they work on their relationship um the internet has diagnosed her with antisocial personality disorder which is a failure to conform to social norms, a disregard for other people's rights, a tendency to bend all the rules, and a tendency to lie. Which is a lot of criminals' career, like, um, career criminals, is that the right word? Yeah. Serial convictors, serial offenders, uh, they have this because they just, like, they know what the rules are. You know, I'm on parole, I need to not do drugs, I need to hold down a job, I need to whatever. But they just can't, like, be submissive to an employer or submissive to the state. Like they just can't. Um, I, one of the examples I think of a lot is Charles Manson, um, who was like a serial uh, criminal before he, you know, went and did his cult thing. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's, I think of criminals when I think of antisocial personality disorder, I don't think of a girl who's like, Hey, I don't want to marry some dude just cause he's a better archer than another dude. For Merida, I think she was probably the turning point in Disney showing women as being strong and mm -hmm. showing that like feminist power because first off, Merida was like 16 years old. 
she knew that that wasn't something that should be her only line of sight is marrying another prince or marrying a man. She kind of wanted to be her own person and search to see who she was first. So that's why she was like fighting for her own freedom. I freaking love Merida because she was a sassy Scottish girl that knew what she wanted and it wasn't a man. And it was something that she was like, you know, if it happens, it happens. But right now I want to know who I am and I want to figure out myself. So in a sense, yeah, if she's like breaking the norms and bending the rules, then yeah, sure. That's exactly what she is. But I think it was just more so her knowing that just because I'm a female, I do not need to marry a man. I can do shit on my own. Yeah, just because you don't agree with the rules doesn't mean that you have a personality disorder. It could mean the rules are wrong. And Uh, I feel like the rules were wrong and she knew it. And she found a way, although very extreme, by cursing her mom into turning into a bear. But, you know, she knew that it was wrong. She wanted her mom to know that it was wrong. Her dad was kind of like, eh, you guys figure it out. I'm just going to go over here and be a brutish Scottish man throwing, you know, logs and eating haggis. Maybe that was a little too stereotypical, but no, it's perfect. That is they, they, the accents are thick in that movie. I loved it. They're super Scottish. I love, um, the woman who plays or who voices Merida, who voices Merida. Uh, I can't remember her name right now, but she is an incredible actress. She was in, um, boardwalk. She was in Train Spotting. She also played Rowena Ravenclaw or the Grey Lady in Harry Potter. Oh man, I'm not going to be able to come up uh, with it, but we'll do name? it on an update. Anyways, I love her. She's incredible. And I think it was great that they made her voice Merida because I think the originally wanted like Reese Witherspoon or something to oh, voice good her. Oh, Lord. So, yeah. and this was also the first Disney princess to be in a Pixar film. Oh, that's a good trivia point. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, She's Pixar, not classic Disney animation. Um, all right. We have the last movie on our list. Are you ready for it? 2013's Frozen. Um, this movie pains me. I love it, but it's so painful. I've only seen it once, and so I don't know it super well. Um, but Anna clearly has ADHD. Like, she has poor concentration, impulsivity, hyperactivity. She gets engaged to a dude after knowing him for a couple hours. She, like, can't help but, like, eat a bunch of chocolate. She's kind of a spaz. Um, I mean, I, I can't argue with that one. No, not at all. She, there's a lot wrong with with Anna, but I think a lot of it has to do with just the fact that her older si- sister, Elsa, kind of shut shit down because of her her own issues i mean their parents are dead right yeah her parents their parents ended up dying like very abruptly okay so the parents are dead and then when they die elsa doesn't take it very well um and she does she lock herself up because she's sad about her parents or she locks herself up because she finds out that she shoots ice i can't remember um so they, she found out, or like she knew that she was born with the power to like shoot out ice, mm-hmm. and it was originally when she accidentally knocked Anna in the head with one of her powers that kind of almost killed her. But because it didn't shoot her in the heart, she was fine. It was just her head, and that's why she had that strand oh, of white yeah, in her uh-huh. hair. 
Um, but it was really her parents who made her fear her powers. So her parents were the ones who locked everything down. And so Elsa grew up with shutting everyone out, which didn't help out. Yeah. Because so rather than be taught like life skills to cope with her condition, she was taught just to like hide it and keep herself away. Yeah. Keep herself away. Suppress her, her emotions and her powers. And they were just like, shove that shit underneath the carpet. Everything will be fine. Yeah. So Elsa, the internet says maybe has some emotional dysregulation, which fair enough. Yeah. Um, but that goes back to not being taught healthy coping mechanisms. Um, avoidant personality disorder, sure, happens. Um, it also, two different sites said borderline personality disorder, which I don't know if I necessarily believe. Um, borderlines uh, have inappropriate or extreme reactions. Uh, they can be impulsive, a history of unstable relationships. And a lot of the problem comes from things like they don't, they see things in black or white. And so like if someone maybe disagrees with them about something small, like they'll feel like, oh, this person's my enemy now. Like they said they like Subway sandwiches and I like Jimmy John's or like, well, I don't know. That was um, a great comparison. <laughs> if there's anything I've learned from doing this podcast and listening to hundreds of hours of my voice is that I'm a fucking idiot. Um, but um, I don't know that she has borderline personality disorder. I think she just has a condition and wasn't helped to deal with it. I feel like maybe bipolar would be a lot better for her. Okay. Like more so manic because she was severely depressed and rather than getting her the help that she needed, you know, everyone was just like, just hold it in. Keep those feelings in. Yeah. You'll be fine. You'll get over it in time. But she doesn't, you know, because the one day or the one time that she opens up herself to like everyone during her coronation, you know, shit goes haywire because she explodes. Yeah. And because Anna's an idiot and was like, I'm going to marry this Prince Hans dude after we just decided that we like sandwiches and chocolate or yeah. whatever dude talk about fuck boys that fucking hans that was the best disney plot twist ever is that he wasn't the one was that he was evil yeah because every single disney film you know you think of the princess being you know charming and the one and there's no way he could be evil so of course when i saw it in theaters i jumped up and i was like what the fuck ah! As I had angry parents staring at me like, how dare you? This is a children's film. <laughs> but again, what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. Because uh, spoiler alert, that dude sucked. Um, I mean, if you haven't seen Frozen, like. You're not going to see it. If you haven't seen it, you're not going to see it. I'm definitely not excited for the second one. No. Only because I'm sick and tired of hearing about Olaf. I'm tired of Anna and Elsa. I'm tired of the snowman song. I want it to be let go, but also what the fuck are they going to do with the second film? I don't know. I know that it wasn't a great movie to me and that I have only seen it once and that was enough. Um, as like a visual artist, I didn't like the character designs. I don't like their little weird pointy like carved noses i didn't like how their bodies are like spindles they look like they were carved on a lathe like they're just like well and their heads were also definitely i felt like should have 
bob them over but yeah it just the whole character design and the movement of it i did not enjoy and then when i went to see coco the 22 minute frozen short was before the movie and that thing is a piece of shit i haven't seen that one thankfully um but sadly i didn't see coco in theaters which i should have but that shit made me cry really hard because I had a great-grandmother named Coco. Aww. My godmother, her real name is Amelda, which is... Stop it. Yeah, dude. I identified, I identified with that movie and it made me cry. Although my mama Coco, I didn't like her. She was a bit of a bitch Aww. and she had really bad breath. But still, <laughs> I identified because I was like... This is my family. Oh, my God. And it was also the first movie that my brother cried watching. And my brother has this, like, I'm tough and I have no emotions and blah, blah, blah. But I think with Frozen, it pissed me off because there was also the freaking short in front of the live action Cinderella movie in 2015. And I was, like, done with it. But I also saw the live action Cinderella movie 13 times in theaters. So I saw that stupid short 13 times. Yeah. I love it so much. I love it so much. All right. So that's it. We've done all the princesses to date. Um, and most of them, I think we came away saying they're fine. They're fine. I think they're fine. Belle definitely needs to get her shit in order. I really want to know what happened afterwards because there's no way she's still together with the beast because that is definitely an unhealthy relationship. I also IMBD'd that Christmas movie and it came out in 97 and that's why I was a little confused. Oh, okay. It was close enough, but I still, I probably seen Beauty and the Beast three times, the animated version. Oh. I hate it. I think it's awful. The remake I'm sorry. I love Hermione Granger. I love Emma Watson, but that was awful. I have seen the cartoon one probably 20 times, and I've seen the remake several times. The music is great. I just don't think that... I think it was awful. I uh, yeah. I Ewan just... McGregor, with his awful French accent, like, really? You guys couldn't find a French actor? You guys had to go with a Scottish actor who was once married to a french actress like well that is a weird choice that they made in the cartoon (laughs) is that uh, most of the characters in the cartoon don't have french accents they have british accents and i think maybe they did that thinking american kids could understand them better i don't know but it is a very interesting choice to make a movie that is very very french and set in france and everyone has british accents interesting choice um, but listen, I also want so much more than this provincial life. So like, I get it, girl. <laughs> like, I have made some inappropriate dating choices and I spent a lot of time reading books. So I get it. I yeah. do. Um, all right. Well, this is a long one. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, I it's can okay. go on and on for days. <laughs> we had to get into it. We had to unpack it. And I hope people write in and say like, you know, their opinions. Well, hopefully they don't think I'm a dumb bitch, but like, no, if you do it. like, go ahead because I think so too. <laughs> Listen, we're just two dumb bitches with microphones. We're it's doing crazy. our best. <laughs> thank you so much for having me be a part of this. This is so much fun. All right. Thank you. Um, everyone have a happy hump day. Yeah, bye.